Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Slash Filmcast bonus episode. I'm David Chen, and uh, we have a special treat for you today. Joining us, as usual, is Jeff Kanata. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Dave? I'm well. And how about you, Angie Han? You're also here as well. How are you doing this morning from New York? I am doing so well right now. All right. It's Thursday early morning. We're recording this uh, bonus episode podcast, and all we're going to do is review Warcraft uh, and... Uh, it's kind of odd because I have not seen Warcraft, so I'm just going to be asking you guys questions and not sharing my own opinion, which is actually probably something that a lot of listeners will cherish. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I saw that both of you had seen this movie Warcraft, which is uh, one of the you know biggest films to come out this year, uh, and I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to just get a review down uh, onto the Slash Filmcast before Jeff took off for E3 and, uh, and the weekend came, and so uh, here we are. Uh, talking about Duncan Jones' newest film. Uh, now, before we get into the film, uh, I, I think we should just reveal our alliances here. I am the alliance. I'm not for the horde. Is that what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about, Dave? What I mean is uh, you are a big fan of uh, not only the Warcraft uh, real-time strategy games, but I, I assume World of Warcraft as well, right? Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have spent countless hours in in azeroth myself uh both yes playing the real-time strategy games i i got really into warcraft 2 um i fell deeply madly in love i think that was the first really the first blizzard game that i fell in love with i went back and played a little of the first uh, War, uh, warcraft orcs and humans but that wasn't the one that caught me warcraft 2 was and then played warcraft 3 and of course world of warcraft i have spent like actual human months you know they say or man man months i guess you would say man hours i've, I've spent man months Please, jeff person months i think is oh, the politically pardon. correct <laughs> anyway uh, i have spent uh more hours than than i care to admit uh in in those worlds with those characters in that fiction uh and angie han have you played any warcraft games prior to today i learned about two weeks ago that warcraft and world of warcraft are two different things so no <laughs> I don't. I went in knowing like absolutely nothing about, uh, you know, World Warcraft or any of the mythology surrounding it. All right. Well, Angie, why don't we start with you? Uh, you have no idea what Warcraft is. You you probably like jo- Duncan Jones's film vaguely. Uh, I think we're all probably fans of Moon. I loved Source Code. I know that movie was not for everyone. I thought it was a solid genre piece. So, uh, what were your expectations going into this film, and uh, what did you think of it? Uh, so I caught the first footage at Comic-Con last year, and I hated it. <laughs> I honestly, like, I, I, will admit, I will admit right off the bat that fantasy is not usually my thing. It's not, you know, I, it's, not, it's nothing against fantasy, really. It's just that in terms of personal preference, it, is, it does not tend to be my favorite genre of fiction. Um, and as we've already established, I know nothing about video games, and I know nothing about this video game in particular. So I'm really... Like, I went in kind of knowing that this movie is probably not for me, at least on paper. Um, Did you you enjoy Lord of the Rings, the movies? Did you enjoy – I mean, are there other fantasy movies that you've found found enjoyment out of or just – it's just not across the board, not your thing? Um, I may, I've had better luck with kind of low fantasy like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Like, stuff like Lord of the Rings I found kind of dull, but, you know, it was fine. And then The Hobbit was just terrible, but that wasn't because it was fantasy. That was because they made one movie into three movies. Uh, Fair enough. So you weren't a fan of the footage, which is completely reasonable. And why did you see this movie then? (laughs) I guess you just wanted to see how it all turned out or you're reviewing it for the site? I'm not reviewing it for the site. I just wanted to see how it, like you said, I just wanted to see how it turned out. And I mean, I work for a site that covers 
a lot of movies like this, so it's usually in my best interest to at least keep updated on what people are talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was just curious to see how it turned out. And I didn't hate it, but it was kind of a lot of things that I feared it would be. It's very, very high fantasy in a way that I think will probably turn off people like me who don't go in kind of loving the genre. It, the way I described it, to, the way I described it uh, on Twitter right after I saw it was that it feels like if I had seen X-Men Apocalypse without seeing any of the other X-Men films, it just kind of thrusts you into this universe and they're just like, you know, people just have magical spells that they pull out of their asses and as far as I can tell, there's no rhyme or reason to like what people can do and like everything is significant but I have no idea what any of it means and it's, I mean, there, there were things that I definitely enjoyed about it and I'm sure that we'll get into but overall, it's, it was just kind of a weird experience. Jeff Kanata, uh, you probably were predisposed to like this movie going in. Definitely. You're a huge fantasy fan. You come out of this movie. What are you thinking? Uh, yes. I mean, I was, I was definitely predisposed to, to, to like it. I was a- actively rooting for it as, as both a fan of Duncan Jones as a, and a massive fan of this, this concept and franchise and wanting to see more movies and wanting this to become a thing. And also harboring a, you know, a, a secret, not so secret, uh, but a harboring a um, uh, rooting for video game movies in general. Video game movies have been completely uh, cursed. You know, we've had terrible video game movies, and I want this. I want this to happen. I want video game movies to be a thing. A favorite video game movie until now, Jeff Kanata. Oh man. Um... I think the most successful one from a box office perspective Ralph? is, is uh, uh, I don't know if that's a video game movie. It has video <laughs> game characters in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the most successful one so far is uh, Tomb Raider, Lara Croft. Yeesh. Uh, I think that's like... That's not a movie upon which I would want to hang my hat. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, I would say my favorite video game movie is Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li. You know, just... <laughs> Because yeah. it has the For best, Julia? <laughs> the best Chris. Cl- no, no, no. Street Fighter Legend of Chun Li, Jeff Kanata. Oh, sorry. Not That's the original. Not uh, Street Fighter Vanilla with Jean Claude Van Damme. Street Fighter <laughs> Legend of Chun Li has probably the best uh, Chris Klein performance ever put to film. So, oh, well, for that alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Angie Han, any any favorite video game movies or are you a Resident Evil fan, Angie Han? Uh, no, I haven't seen. I actually haven't seen any of those. Uh, I liked Edge of Tomorrow, which isn't really a video game movie, but was kind of heavily one. inspired by video games. Right. Um, I mean, my wh- favorite video game movie came out this year, and it uh, is it Angry Birds movie? No, <laughs> I was to say it's uh, what was the name of the movie? I'm leaving my head. The the first person movie that was all in first person. Oh, yeah. uh, oh Hardcore Henry. Henry. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite video game movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess you know, is that a video game movie, or does a video game movie have to share a title with a video game? Because <laughs> if if it doesn't need to share a title with a video game, then Jeff, you've already won. Uh, any no, no Prince of Persia fans on here? That was probably the least unbearable video game movie, I would say. And now we're hearing that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to do another Ubisoft property, mm, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Division, right? Which yeah. I think will translate horribly onto the big screen. We'll find uh, out, I guess. Yeah, so Jeff Kanata, anyway. Anyway, you're yes. Going in, you expected high things. What were your thoughts on the movie? Uh, I was very, very, very disappointed in it. Um, and, you know, Angie's not wrong. It is, uh, it is impenetrable, I think, to anybody that isn't into the video game. And for people that are into the video game, it's, it's not enough of any one thing. It's, it's not, it doesn't embrace the game world in a, in a way that is satisfying to someone that loves the games. And it is completely impenetrable to people that aren't. And 
there are myriad problems here, right? Uh, very questionable decisions across the board. I think the script itself is difficult uh, because, as as Angie was saying, things just happen. I can't tell you the motivation for any character in this movie. There is no explanation for why anyone does anything. And that is bizarre. I mean, there are characters that are good. There are characters that are evil. There are characters that start good and turn evil. But we don't understand why any of them do what they're doing or what they want. Even as someone who knows this story very, very well, there's there's no explanation for why anyone does anything. And first of all, this for, from a video gamer standpoint, this movie is the least interesting part of the story, of this lore, of this, uh, this universe, this world. This is probably the least interesting part of it. And I don't know why they felt the need to start at the beginning. I mean, this is the story of the first Warcraft game. Instead of the story that most people who've played World of Warcraft know, which is sort of – it happens much later. It's almost like if George Lucas decided to start with episode one. He's like, everybody's going to love this, but let's start with him as a little kid. It'll, and then we'll hook him. <laughs> we'll hook him, and then later on we'll find out he's Darth Vader. It'll be awesome. But right now, it's like you're starting with the least interesting stuff and hoping to get to the good stuff at some point? I don't understand that. Also oh. – Go ahead. No, uh, well, I was just going to ask Angie, uh, do you agree with the sentiment? Did, you, did it hold your interest throughout, or did you think the story itself was pretty lackluster? It's pretty lackluster. It's very boring. I f- it kind of feels, it does kind of feel like playing a game, but not really in a good way. It feels like all the characters are character types. Like, you know, when you're at the beginning of a game, like whether it's a video game or like Dungeons and Dragons or something where you're building your character and then you just kind of come out with like a like all these statistics and like a type that this character is, but they don't actually have a personality. That's what most of the characters in this movie are like. Um, all of the motivations are very, very, very simplistic um, if there are motivations at all because as Jeff pointed out, there are certain characters that just kind of hopscotch between good and evil for no apparent reason. Um, and then the story all just goes in exactly the direction that you would expect. So it's, it, it feels like an outline of a movie. And these feel like outlines of characters. And even the dialogue is just like the most like boilerplate fantasy dialogue. Like you could lift entire lines of this, change some of their proper names, and put it into any other fantasy movie. Uh, what, are, what about the special effects? This movie costs over $160 million, uh, and it has huge battle sequences. Did it at least deliver on that level from, from a spectacle or action perspective, Jeff Kanata? I think the, the special effects, for the most part, are, are pretty incredible. Um, they made some really strange decisions, and uh, there's a number of them. Uh, the special effects is, falls in that category for me. Uh, all of the orcs in the movie are CG creations that are were performance captured. Real actors played them, but they're fully CG characters interacting with you know the humans who are played by humans. Except for one. There is one <laughs> actress who is sort of a half-breed uh, orc character. She's not full orc, so I guess that's why the decision was made. But she uh, is painted green and has prosthetic teeth and she interacts with the CG orcs uh, very early in the movie uh, a lot, and it could not look worse. It couldn't. It could not be a, a 
a worse decision, in my opinion. You're talking because about Paula were- Patton playing Corona, right, in the film? Yes. Yeah. And I have to say, I, 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 I don't think it's any fault of these actors, but this movie is, is very miscast, in my opinion. Um, you know, we're all fans of, of Game of Thrones, and there's something uh, that they managed to do with that show where all of the characters seem to be un- – and, and there's so many of them. There's so many of characters and so many characters that need to be cast. And so they have to have so many actors in that world, and yet they still manage to make none of them seem like contemporary people playing dress-up. Right. Somehow they all feel authentic and grounded and 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 in the right time. Right. They all they all they all have a a sense about them that, that doesn't feel like oh that's a person that's pretending. Right. It, it feel, there's a, a authenticity and groundedness. Not the case with Warcraft. Uh, almost every character feels like it's playing dress up. It, it feels like uh, cosplay in the worst way. I mean, I know Blizzard is famous for cosplay, but that's not something you want to evoke here. And uh, Garona, who is the, the half-orc character, I think is one of the biggest offenders. Ben Foster should never have been cast in this movie. He, it, he doesn't feel at any point not like a contemporary actor. He feels very much like a contemporary actor who put a wig on and grew out his beard and is pretending. And and that's that's not, I don't think any fault of theirs it's just the not the right actor for the job it's that they don't bring that sense with them to the role i think some of that though has to do with uh the writing like i said the char- like if you if you look at like the way the characters are kind of built there's so little for the any of these actors to really go off of and i think you know you compared it to game of thrones and that's a real strength of game of thrones is that every character has very distinct personality and motivations and like you understand who they are and what makes them tick and that is not the case here these all feel like character types um but (laughs) actually one of the things that i really did like about the movie and after talking to some other people i found that very few people agree with me i loved travis fimmel as the main character I think that he is one of the only characters in this movie that seems like he's like present and alive and has anything to him other than like his character types and the like and the various things the script makes him do. And uh, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but he also goes through the entire movie like he wants to fuck all of his co-stars. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse? Yes, it's fine. OK, good. <laughs> uh, Jeff, what do you think of, of his performance? I, you know, I is fine. I suppose I the, I didn't buy any of them as belonging in that time or in that space. Uh, not, not a single actor in the movie, and and there's some fine actors in this movie, um, but it, for some reason it, it it it's really a shame to me. And, and you started this by asking about the special effects. I mean, the, the special effects are spectacular, and there are some fun action sequences. But for the most part, this is a movie about people sitting in a room talking for some reason about this grand war and not doing it in an interesting way, not doing it in a compelling way, and not doing it in a believable way. Like I never believed that these were real places that they were in. Uh, and it's so it's so unfortunate. Also, the the movie is is humorless. And I know this is something that I harp on a lot with, with a lot of things, but a little levity goes such a long way. And there's a reason that Lord of the Rings has Merin and Pippin in it, right? There's a reason that these great 
popular fantasy series have characters that are a little silly and fun and and inject a little humor and joy into the proceedings. And guess what? The Warcraft universe has a ton of that. It's completely in keeping with the themes of the property, of the IP. Yeah, it's, and yet, it's quite tongue-in-cheek at times, right? Oh, completely. I did. As, wow, I would never have guessed that from this movie, like, at all. Yeah. It takes right? itself very seriously. To its, I think to its detriment, and, and, that, and that really is a shame because a little bit of joy, a little bit of, of you know, we have this is, a, this is a universe that has gnomes that are goofy and dwarves that do silly things and, and, you know, tons of puns and ridiculousness in the lore itself. I mean, in the first Warcraft game, you click on an orc and it goes, yub, yub, you know. What you want to do? Like any of those references could have been a fun thing to play with. None of that is is found here. It, it is so, it's so self serious, and it wants to sell this so badly that it I think it hurts the process. I think the only time in the entire movie that a character laughs, at least that I remember, is when two orcs are like sitting around talking, and then one of them throws a pebble at the other, and then they laugh for like five minutes because that's apparently the funniest joke that anyone has ever done in this entire universe. Yeah. And then they have a really dumb conversation, like, "Oh, is it weird that um, you know, when this when this guy came to power, suddenly everything turned absolutely horrible?" And the other one's like, "Uh, it's probably just a coincidence." And you're just yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, one of the things that this this property or that this project seems to have going for it is that like it seems very very earnest. Like it really wants to tell a story. Like it really believes in like the goodness of its heroes, you know. And like when you talk, when you hear the people who worked on the film talk about it, they all seem to really believe in it. Which is why it's so mystifying that there's so little humor to it. Like you would think that like you know it's it's such like. Despite the fact that a lot of, you know, it's it's about war and stuff, like a lot of like everyone in the there's so many characters in here that are good and like seem to be like capable of like warmth and and joy and stuff. And yet there's as you point out, there's so little humor. Like I know we're all kind of burned out on Joss Whedon style quippage after Avengers 2, but like this movie could have used some of that. <laughs> I'm not burned down on it. I will I'll never be burned down on that. Let me but, ask, um, let me ask you a question about Garona. She is a half human, half orc. So uh, how was she created? Does that mean like at some point a human had sex with an orc? Is that ever explained so in the film? It is not explained in the film. But, oh, but can but I? She wants yeah. to have sex with another human. So, yeah, I, I guess that would be, you know, because she's played by a human actress versus or a human person versus, a, you know. I mean, there is one scene where a, a, a character is looking at her and she says he would like to lie with me. He, he would he would not survive the process or something like that. <laughs> yes, which makes you wonder how she was conceived. Yeah, how was she conceived? Like, yeah. yeah anyway, well, but also there's another character that uh, I don't know. If, I don't know. There's another character where they have a conversation where it seems to be implied that this character might be her dad. Do you know what I'm talking about, Jeff? No. Okay, can I just say it? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Okay, so at one point she's talking to Ben Foster. And Ben Foster has this whole thing about how he like fell in love and whatnot. And the whole scene is played like where I was expecting him to be like, by the way, I'm your dad. And then it like <laughs> never happens. It was really weird. <laughs> uh, well, you were talking, Jeff, about how this feels like the opening act of a story or the pre- preamble to a story. Uh, is this a world you want to see continued more? Do you feel like, oh, now they finally teed everything up and we can get to the real exciting things? Or do you feel like, man, this is a boondoggle on every level and let's just shut it down? Well, the, the movie doesn't make you feel that way, but my knowledge and love of the source material makes me feel that way. Which one, I the mean, latter? 
What's that? Which makes you feel like it's great and you want to see the next one or it makes, makes you feel me like you don't see want to see it. It makes me want to see it. It makes me hope that there's a next one that's better. I, I see. You know, the, the, jo- the real joy that I had in this movie and, and there is – there are moments that I, I really liked but most of them come from that feeling of, oh my gosh, I got to see – uh, Iron Forge. Oh my! I'm inside Iron Forge. I've been to that place. Oh my! I've I have walked in that place for many many hours. Or you know, oh that's Stormwind. Oh my gosh! It, look how good a job they did of uh, making it look and feel like the main street of Stormwind. Right around that corner is the auction house where I go all the time. And you know, it's like that's. There's never been a movie. I mean, I guess there's movies set in places that I've visited. But there's never been a movie that's set in a not real place mm. that I know as intimately <laughs> as these. And so there's some joy in, in like seeing those physical locations realized in this way or, you know, seeing a Griffin flight that I've taken many, many times over the mountains uh, because that's how you travel from place to place in World of Warcraft. But none of the stuff that happens in World of Warcraft is in this game or in this movie. This is all uh, pre that. And, you know, this is like two generations before you know the the fun stuff the stuff that I really would like to see so yeah I'm hoping that because this you know movie's big in China maybe it'll be better the next time around it, it is doing incredibly well in China where World of Warcraft I believe is more popular than it is in the United States right now uh, and so yeah doing very well uh, and it, it's one of those Terminator Genesis situations where this movie is probably going to tank in the U.S. and do well internationally, perhaps enough to justify a sequel. But how about you, Angie like Han? Like Rim. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how about you, Angie Han? Is this something that you feel like, okay, maybe they worked out all the kinks in this one and, and they're going to deliver on a sequel? Not really. I mean, listening to Jeff talk about it, to me, explains so much of this movie. Like, oh, okay, this was made so that people like Jeff will get really excited about seeing stuff that they know. Like, because to me, going in completely blind, I actually don't even know, like, I have no idea how much of this is pulled from the mythology. I have no idea, like, who any of these characters are, what any of these places are. Like, it just feels, so much of it feels just like, oh, okay, we're in the Lord of the Rings again. Like, I think that's that's something the fantasy genre has been not doing very well. Is that it's in theory you're like it's fantasy, it can look like anything. It usually ends up looking like Lord of the Rings, and this movie does that a lot. Um, except for the magic, the magic looks like Mountain Dew. It's weird. My Mountain Dew. <laughs> it's all like neon green. Also, the evil magic is like coded green. Like magic is color coded by whether it's good magic or bad magic. But people still seem surprised when people turn out to be evil. I don't know. I don't know. David Ehrlich, I think, called this the battlefield Earth of the 21st century, uh, like a, a disaster of that caliber. Uh, but it doesn't seem like you guys think it's that bad. It and isn't. It, it sounds like you merely think it's like not very good or it's uninteresting. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it, I think this movie makes the mistake that a lot of movies, especially ones based on existing IP make, which is that it goes in assuming that I already care about the characters and the world and like the storylines um, and doesn't really seem to understand that, no, you need to make me care. I have no reason to care what happens to this random orc I'd never seen before today. Like, Yeah, so I mean, well, it's a, it's a delicate that. balance, right? Because I, I'm a big fan of, of the what Game of Thrones does very well and, and other things do very well, which is throwing you in the middle of something and not pandering to you and not asking you, not, you know, not stepping you through like, well, this guy is that and this guy is that and, and talking down to the audience. You know, I like the sort of show, not tell and uh, approach to these kinds of worlds, but it's a delicate balance because this movie, 
I don't think it even expects you to know this stuff. It just expects you to be along for the ride without ever feeling the need to have their characters have any kind of motivation or desire. It, it, it like it's it's not like because I know these characters, I know I know who Durotan is, I know who Gul'dan is. I, I intimately know these characters. I still came out of this movie going, I don't understand why any of these people did anything that they did. And it's not because the lore tells me. It's because the movie just is uninterested in in delving into that. Couple, yeah, that's a couple things to point out. One is that uh, Duncan Jones is apparently a really avowed Warcraft fan. And uh, I, I've heard that his love of the source material almost like hurts the film in some way because – uh, of how slavish he is to what he's reproducing. Did you sense that at all, Jeff? I think that it, it, it's not – I think that's not quite it. I think if his love of the source material hurt the film in any way, it's that he and the filmmakers, Mike you know, Metzen and, and some of the, the producers, I worry that they felt so much pressure to make it feel – make it have gravitas right. and make it feel big and important and as – as substantial as Lord of the Rings or something. And what they missed along the way is injecting any kind of fun and injecting any kind of uh, reason to be there. Like it, it was, it's so preoccupied with being, uh, you know, doer and, and, and stentorian and, you know, larger than life that it loses its identity along the way. Uh, let me ask this question. You know, there's been talk that Duncan Jones had to cut like 20 to 30 minutes out of the film. And that might explain some of the film's pacing issues or some of the characterization that's missing. Uh, Angie Han, is this a movie you'd be interested in watching a longer cut of or are you kind of done? I would watch a longer cut of this movie if I could watch it at home where I have access to Twitter and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's pretty reasonable. How about you, Jeff? The Kanata? Twitter and alcohol cut, they call it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I would love to see what was cut out, but it doesn't fix the other problems. As I said, Garona, Garona being a real human in those first orc scenes makes the orcs look worse. Like, that's a bad decision. Casting these actors in these roles was a bad decision. Uh, you know, how some of this stuff plays out was a bad decision like a, a longer cut doesn't fix those problems mm -hmm. and you know maybe it can you know fill out the story in some interesting ways and maybe cut out 20 minutes of fun maybe cut out 20 minutes of 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 humor but uh i don't think it will fix all of the problems that make it such a disappointment to me and and again as you said it, this is not a terrible movie it's just such a massive disappointment from a property that i was really looking forward to any closing thoughts, Angie Han, while we wrap it up today? Uh, well, I have always said that if a movie opens with, you know, four centuries, the X and the Y have been a war, then there's like a 90% chance I won't like it. This movie does not disprove that theory. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Jeff Kanata, any other closing thoughts you have? Um, I don't know. I've, I think I've said my piece. It, it, it pains me to, to be as disappointed with this as I am, but uh, I've had you know, several friends who have already seen it who are as big Warcraft fans as I and we all share the same opinion that it, it just it just misses the mark and it makes me very, very sad. All right. Well, sorry to hear that. Uh, but thanks for jumping on uh, the Slash Filmcast this morning to chat with us about it. Uh, Angie Han, really appreciate it. Where can people find more of your work on the Internet this week? 
Uh, I write for SlashFilm.com, and you can find me on Twitter at AJHAN. All right. And Jeff Kanata, how about you? Oh, you can always find me on Twitter at Jeff Kanata. Uh, and uh, I have a lot of other shows, but I won't, I won't talk about them. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jeff will be at E3 next week, so he won't be on the Slash Filmcast as usual. So we'll miss him. Have a yeah, good well, time, Yeah, well, actually, Jeff. let me plug that real quick. Yeah. Um, because I w- I'm doing tons of stuff for E3, including bonus episodes of my DLC podcast, which you can find at 5x5.tv slash DLC. If you're into video games, if you downloaded this Warcraft episode because you like Warcraft and video games, I cover them a lot. Um, so listen to DLC for E3. I'm also going to be doing live stream, uh, four hours of live streams from the GameSpot stage uh, and uh, another hour from the CNET stage. So um, check me out on those two websites as well. Uh, very cool, and I'm looking forward to checking you out there, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, I-, I was looking through this huge catalog of video game movies. Did you know there is a Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney video game directed by Takashi Miike? Really? Uh, the video game or movie? Uh, I'm sorry, movie, I should say. Yeah. That's crazy. No, I did not know they were making Ace Attorney into a movie. Yeah, at some point, they better have Ace, uh, uh, him stand up and scream out, Objection! That, uh, like, that is the uh, poster image of the film. It already exists. It came out in 2012, wow. apparently. Oh, it exists? Yeah. Boy, I did not know that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, maybe that is the best video game movie. We'll see. I have very high hopes for Assassin's Creed. I'm, I'm pinning all my hopes on the Assassin's Creed movie. Have you seen, you know, also Ratchet and Clank bombed at the box office this year, so none of us actually had a chance to see it, but that might have been good. I think huh? Angry yeah, Birds did okay. Not... Yeah, yeah, Angry Birds did quite well, but I've, I've heard the movie isn't very good, but... I've heard mixed things. I know Davinder is a big supporter of that film. <laughs> uh, do I? Have, can I talk about Assassin's Creed real quick? Oh, please. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion about the game because I've never played it because, as we've established, I don't play video games. But I actually, watching the trailer, it looks like visually a lot better than Warcraft. But I'm already kind of worried that it might suffer from the same problem of just assuming I already want to know the stupid story and assuming I already care about these characters. So I don't know. I feel like maybe is that a video game specific thing? I don't know. I don't, I'm sorry to bring something up so late in the. No, 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 no. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I, I don't know, Jeff. I, I think uh, the big complication with the Assassin's Creed movie is that um, they are setting it in present day and having it be like a sci-fi thing. Well, uh, Assassin's Creeds are that, which is which is what the Assassin's Creed game was. But like, the, you know, the question for me was going to be, were they going to jettison all that just to have it take place back, you know, back in time? Because Assassin's Creed One, that future sci-fi stuff, was some of the weakest stuff. I, I thought. Well, I. But I love the, that as a framing device because if you think of this as a franchise, just like the games are, we can have him go back to multiple different time periods just right. like the games do. I think that would be a fun thing to see Michael Fassbender you know, go to uh, you know, um, turn-of-the-century London or the American Revolution or you know, like, the, like the games have. I think that would be cool. Uh, that's a cool idea for a film franchise as well. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think we know enough, Angie, to know whether or not it's going to fall into the same trap. But I agree it does look great. And I think Justin Kurzweil is directing that film and or Justin Kurzweil. And he is a very talented visual stylist from you know his previous films, Hamlet and Snowtown. We see Macbeth. evidence of that. So You said Hamlet. I think it's Macbeth. Oh, Macbeth. Sorry. A movie that Jeff and I didn't like very much. But uh, I thought it was visually amazing. But visually is spectacular. So at the very least, we'll have that. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. We're out. <laughs>